bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to After Things. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Mr. Justin Robert Young. Hello, friends. Bryce Castillo. Hi, everybody. That's me. Gentlemen, a while ago we talked about, I, I had a pick which was Notion, which I think if you go to like what notion.so is the mm-hmm. website for it. That's it. And it's a kind of a productivity team management tool. It allows you to do a lot of different things, which sometimes is a danger because it makes it hard to define. But once you dig in to start using it, it can be extremely powerful. And I've used it to make all kinds of notes, to create stuff, to keep track of projects, et cetera. And Bryce said uh, it, it was the worst thing ever. No. It was, um, <laughs> yeah. The I worst like- thing since death. <laughs> that was Bryce's. <laughs> Uh, not since devs have I been so disgusted and personally insulted. <laughs> I like Notion. I, I da- so you recommended Notion on I mean, maybe Weird Things or After Things a few weeks back. And I downloaded it. I know Brian downloaded it at that time. It sounds like Justin downloaded it then. I only used it for a for a, that day. I, I messed with it a Thanks little bit. Things I day. hate about death. <laughs> Uh, but it was very cool. It was very easy to set up, you know, like, okay, here's the project. Here's the start page of a project. You can link stuff. You can make stuff. You can make tables and graphs and all sorts of stuff. You can make, you know, to-do lists, kind of like um, uh, a Trello sort of thing. You can make, like, it, it, there. there's a lot of stuff in here, which I think was a little tough for me because we have specific things that I use every week for various things. But... I don't know. How have you guys been using Notion? Because it seems really uh, cool. I immediately found a great use for it. And that is something that I've been looking for for a long time. Show sheets. So we do podcasts. Every podcast is an episode. Very often the podcasts that we're uh, producing require topics to go over. Uh, what are the biggest pain points in keeping topics? Number one, you think of a thought that's like, oh, that'd be great for this show. And then you forget it, right? Uh, uh, so you need an easy way to catch them. Number two, the, the biggest thing that I've seen, um, you know, it, it used by other podcasting professionals to keep show sheets is either you're doing a document in Google Docs or you're doing a, a spreadsheet in Google Sheets. Both of which I've always found awkward. The, the, the document is, you know, dependent on a lot of just very weird formatting. Uh, and it always just feels odd to just have it on a piece of paper. Uh, the sheet is something that I've, I've also always found super awkward because you're using it for a thing. It's not intended to, you're shoving a bunch of words into the, the formatting. That's kind of weird. It's hard to follow sometimes when you're reading a script notion is has been perfect. Not only is it a great place for me to catch all the stories. So politically, I'm I'm you know I'm always building a show sheet for politics, politics, politics. I make four separate things on Sunday, and then as I am finding things, uh, they have great visual bookmarks. I can go right into it either on my phone or on the desktop. I do slash W, and it just says web bookmark. Uh, I just enter in the URL that I found. 
I can now keep all that information in there. My Thursday, uh, or sorry, my Friday sheet, I just have a little separate thing for the mailbag. And uh, I can now copy my mailbag stuff into there as I go along. So I'm not just having to do it on one day. Uh, it's been awesome. And uh, uh, down to the fact that both uh, I can keep a, I can keep my, my show sheet on here where uh, uh, I can have a check marks on like what my workflow is for each episode. Did I record the episode? Did I review the episode? Did I publish the episode to all the places where I need to publish it? And either I can print it out on a thing that looks really cool, uh, uh, or I can uh, just have it be all digital and I can keep it uh, uh, in front of me like that. I've I've just really, really, really enjoyed Notion. I can't say enough about it. I've been using it to organize uh, some stuff in, uh, my other job to sort of help organize and explain like tutorials, things like this, because you can create a page and it, it's very easy to create a page, like an information page and to link to stuff and then make it public and share it and say, Hey, here's the link to this thing where you can do this. It is, it is, it, it suffers from, it does so many things so well, it's hard to define what particular thing it's for, but it's not but it's a reason to sort of explore and play around with it. You know, my one thing, I think, I know this is a thing they're considering and, and it, it, that is, it would be wonderful to create like very easy direct URLs for public web pages to be able to like build a website out of Notion. Cause I would love, love, love to just have like a simple URL point to a site that's like a Notion site. Cause, yeah. um, you know, it's just such an easier way to do stuff. And you can tell you have to stop every now and then and think, how would you do things with the tools you have today? And Notion feels very much like people who stopped and looked around maybe five years ago and say, what, what, what's a, and not to say that that's makes, it makes for a contemporary tool now to say, how would you do things now? You know, how would you make it very easy to create stuff? You want to add an image. It's got like Unsplash integrated into it, which you just pull up an image library and boom, there's an image. You're not copying, pasting URLs unless you have something else you want to use. There's so many things that are so simple. It's a lot like WordPress in many ways when you go to create a post or create something. Very, very, very well thought out. And it takes a little time to get through the sort of the understanding of what it can and can't do. Like I remember struggling with like, well, is this a public page or is this private? How do I share this? How does this work? automatically creating, like you start a document, it'll create a headline for that document on the page you link to it from. It's if you're a person that deals with an idea, deals with ideas, I think Notion is a wonderful tool, a wonderful, wonderful tool because you can brainstorm and also surface things and make things public with it. Yeah, the the, the pain point that I found in sharing uh, documents, it, and I don't think that this is necessarily a Notion problem as much as it is just uh, uh, entering into the marketplace. It has frightened and confused some people that I have sent <laughs> URLs to. And I think that they feel that there's an expectation that they need to download something or, um, you know, I, uh, that's, that's really been the only thing is like, it's not as easy as sharing a Google doc, at least culturally, it might technically be the exact same culturally. People I think have, have been like, Oh, I don't know what this is and, and haven't gotten around to reading it. Yeah. 
And that's nice thing. You can just export it as a PDF if they don't need to edit it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really, really, really clean export functions in there. Totally. Totally. No, I've, I've, man, I, I, I really can't say enough about how much, as soon as I started screwing around with it as a show sheet, I was like, oh my God, is this the, 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 the sheets meets docs? Uh, uh, cause it looks pretty. And there's just yeah. one of those things where it's like, I know that for some people it doesn't matter for me when it's, it's, it's the tool for which I use every day. The fact that I have my own little header, it's got my album art, uh, up, up top. It's got a little American flag there, like, or an Eagle I have for my show sheet. It just looks like a cool thing. And, and if I'm sharing a show sheet with somebody, it's like, oh, wow, I look like I have my crap together because I kind of do thanks to this tool. Yeah, I, I think it works well the, on mobile, too. The, the one of the really strong things is is the linking capabilities where you can just link mm -hmm. link pages, link link oh, data yeah. together like with with, you know, docs or sheets, you know, you it's they're fine processors. But you can't really connect them to anything or like like for cord killers for cord killers every week. We have a doc that the guys have been using since the past six years or so. And every week we add a new sheet and we, we copy the template and all. But uh, that just it makes it load a really it takes it's, it takes a really long time to load. It's like not a good way to do that at where I feel like if we had it in notion, there are probably automation things that we could do and just nice stuff to, to make it feel like it can, can hyperlink around to each other. Oh, well, you know, and we touched on this story this week's ago and you click in and you go backwards, something like that. Because I, I think that's, that's the thing that's missing with, with the free processors is, is a real sense. Like, like with notion, the little bit that I used it, it seemed like it really seemed like, Hey, if you wanted to go and change a thing or just, just you can just touch it and do it, you know. If you if you need this to be uh, a to do sheet, here's a to do list, and then here's uh, make a table out of it, make a database out of that, make you know switch the type of pages like really easy. Um, and there's there's something there's, fluid about that workflow. Yeah, there's it's if you go back forty years, you know, to when and and the idea of kind of. The, the, the root sort of idea behind hypertext almost goes back all to the early stages of information theory of from a time when things were so linear, the idea of being able to link around and move to it was an exciting, one of the exciting things about computers was that, you know, you could have a book could just be a bunch of blocks that you could index across and go across there and go laterally. And we take that for granted, but also to the point though, that we sometimes forget why that could be useful. And the problem with docs is that they're trying to recreate the word processor the the sheet which is trying to recreate the written page you know and we've we've taken over a lot of that it's like you know the point that was i never even thought about somebody pointed out was like yeah google docs it still has page breaks it's still broken up into pages yeah and and i mean not you that you shouldn't have that option yeah but, I mean, you can you can collapse you can collapse that, or I think you can make it, but it's not the it's not the default way to look at it for sure. Well, it's still yeah. I mean, the idea that perhaps that you know we need to move into a modality where we think about things in a different way, but and it's still it you put links in there like you do into text, like it's like it, like it wants its final form to be something you're going to print out. It sure. doesn't look at its final form as an electronic document. 
And that's sort of, I think, sort of the handicaps of it. It's very useful, extremely useful, but still it's limited. And that's what's kind of exciting about Notion is it's like, no, we think it's final form as an electronic document. And one of the reasons why, you know, we still would print so much paper is that like, yeah, because we're building we're building fancy typewriters that were designed to output pieces of paper when reality, where you want to go, is something that takes the best of both worlds. So it's neat to sort of see that, you know, where people are sort of, you know, thinking about it in a different way. Uh, here's another thing that I've loved with it is that there's one project I'm working on that is, uh, you know, a lot of script revisions uh, for a podcast. And historically, I've just had a doc and sometimes I just copy and paste when I, when I, I know I'm going to keep 80% of it, but either I got to reorder it or I got to reframe it, blah, 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 blah. I would just copy that gigantic block of text and then, you know, return, 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 maybe space, 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 like version two, paste it, uh, redo everything. The fact that I can link within all these uh, uh, different things and I can just go uh, down to my latest revision or I can just click through like here's a 101.1, 101.2, 101.3, uh, know that they correspond to the podcast that were the, the versions of the podcast that I've already produced that I have the audio for, man, it's just, it's rad, man. There was a, a tangent I wanted to go on and I can't remember what it was, but just the point of like stopping and sort of rethinking our tools and sort of saying, knowing what we know now, yeah. how would you do it? And, and often we get so much momentum that we don't do that. And cause you can't do it all the time because it's not efficient, but there are certain points in time where you should go, Hey, we've learned a lot more now. How would you do this? And the danger is sometimes trying to like, well, I'm going to reinvent the future. Like I, an example I'd give was like when Apple redid final cut, they took some stuff they learned from iMovie to try to make iMovie easier and with Final Cut, they're like, we wanted to kind of do that with file management, but also the way that you use Final Cut. And they did this radical change with Final Cut 10. And it went basically stopped being used a lot. It was on this really good trajectory within the industry for being used a lot. I worked on productions that would use Final Cut. And then when they did that changeover, people It was like overnight. And, yeah. Yeah. And then the, just the shift was like, I don't know any professional editors that use Final Cut anymore because- they wanted to sort of reinvent things. And I'm sure there are, but I mean, like, I don't know any productions that use them. And I used to do, I worked on productions where I used them and where we were talking, you know, middle of one where we were talking to Apple about like, well, how can we do this and stuff? And it was funny because that was an experience where I remember some Apple engineers were talking to the production company and they, the, the engineers didn't understand that when you produce like unscripted content, that you're, you may have thousands of hours of media that you're trying to deal with. And manage, you know, because you're multiple, you're shooting four cameras at once, you're doing all this stuff. In their head, they're thinking feature films, feature films and stuff. And at one point, you know, the, one of the Apple engineers was like, well, you know, Walter Murch has used this on his latest project. And I knew the people who were doing that project with Walter Murch, who's the famous editor, Blink of an Eye is a great book. And I know I'm like, Walter Murch did the final polish. He was not the editor that had to sit through the thousands of hours of footage to do this. Like, yeah, he may have done the final version of Final Cut, but he didn't. They didn't know you know, yeah. what the workflow was. And, you know, that's a problem that can kind of come up from time to time where we create a tool. It's not what people want because it's not how people are really trying to use it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that there are, there are moments for that kind of change that there are, there are like the best, most remarkable step forwards in, in how we use these kind of online tools have always happened when, 
we knew we were ready for a change, even if we didn't say it. Because like that's always the problem is mixing between the like, all right, how much are you willing to adjust what you want to do versus how much are you putting those kinds of thoughts on hold because you never really want to break up your uh, uh, your routine. We all have patterns and processes and sometimes we're thrilled that, oh, I can now do a thing in one step that I used to do in three steps. And sometimes it's like, no, 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 I you totally uh, uh, undercut the reason why I'm doing three steps. Uh, and that's, to me, a uh, notion down to the name, by the way, because I was walking and I had an idea and I go to my phone and I, I do the search and I'm going for notes because I was still uh, uh, in that mind because that's how I used to keep ideas. And I go N-O-T and Notion pops up and I'm like, if that name wasn't on purpose, then my <laughs> God, is that just that, that that was a sign a sign from from the the productivity gods that I had found a new home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clever. Oh man, it's going to be interesting to see where these tools go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I, I I do think that this is Notion is great. It 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 is a big miasma of a lot of things that I would love to see in other and other stuff. I would be shocked if we don't get. Uh, a, a knockoff of this from from Google, uh, you know, in 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 the future, or Apple, or they get bought by Apple or something like that, because it's um, it is it is rad, and and it, and yes, it is a like it's a little unwieldy right now, but man, uh, uh, I was able to catch real quick, and uh, uh, it, it's 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 fun, it's fun to lay things out. Like, and, yep. and man, can you, can you not say enough about that when you're talking about your career and productivity and, and wanting to like, oh, I have an idea. Fun. I get to put it in my notion. Like that's like, you can't buy that. And I, I got to give a shout out to my friend, Bram Adams. Uh, Bram is a, a developer. He does really kind of cool artistic creative development stuff. And he's the one that got me hooked on this, showed me. I'd been seen around, seen it, and then I saw how much he just dove into it and was able to use it for a lot of cool things. I'm like, oh, well, this is cool. Yeah. Picks? Uh, I don't know if I could pick anything but uh, uh, Notion. Uh, go get Notion. If just so, when I work with you on a project, you're not like, what is Notion? Do I, I need to download something? <laughs> yeah, I'll second that. I'm going to go against type here. My pick is an article in the Atlantic, which probably maybe I'll pick next week for weird things. But right now it's called how to tell the story of a cult by Sophie Gilbert. Ah. And this was, if you had been listening to us gripe about our problems with the vow and how it felt like, "Eh, they're telling the story in an interesting way, but they're holding back on it, whatever. This compares the versions of The Vow and then Seduced, I think what it was on like Showtime. And basically, kind of like, basically, I felt it's one of those articles like, ah, somebody's saying it. Yeah. So you sent this to me, Andrew, and I loved it. Um, it, it it's it's going to probably make me get Showtime so I can watch the this other uh, Nixium documentary. But like, uh, man, was it was it good to see somebody else say like, 
oh no wait this is a deliberate thing that they're doing where they're they're kind of trying to protect not only their sources but also uh the the their connection to all this footage because they, they need the footage so they can make nine episodes of it but uh a lot of great 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 initial points uh in just saying like oh wait like isn't it weird that in the vow they don't talk to people outside of this that just discuss cult behavior and isn't it kind of weird that in the vow they don't discuss things that were like well known and published in in uh uh you know in in the 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 body journalism that are just never mentioned at all in the vow that would probably make our heroes our protagonists seem a little bit ickier if you ask them on camera hey were you aware of these allegations like uh that's uh, uh well 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 said by the atlantic yeah, I was very happy to see it and have it say things that I would never feel comfortable sort of saying. <laughs> it's like, you know, and a totally unrelated thing, like if, you know, Justin and I were actively part of a con, knew we were conning people, and we realized the gig may be up soon, let's become whistleblowers. Yeah, yeah. Let's grab uh, the hard drives and we're whistleblowing. Hey guys, you better knock it off. Yeah, man, we're blowing this whistle real big yeah. on all of you goons. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially considering where apparently the vow was going in season two, which I think is is borderline unconscionable. But uh, it's uh, uh, fascinating. And now I actually have to watch this other documentary, even though I think I had pretty much had my fill of the Oxenberg family by the time I was done with nine episodes of The Vow. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, it's been after. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. 